Welcome to the Root and Remedy podcast, where we discuss all things women's health, hormones, fertility, and body confidence. I'm your host, Vanessa, a woman's health and fertility nutritionist and the co-founder of Root and Remedy Wellness. You can find our courses, free community group, and all other resources at rootandremedywellness.com. We're going to have a good conversation today, my friend. This episode is all about asking yourself the uncomfortable question or questions about when and if you want kids, how important is it to you, what is your path, what are you preparing for, what are you going to do, because this is a conversation that we are not having enough as a society, and in my opinion, we are getting done a huge disservice. Women everywhere are being told that they can have kids whenever they want, at whatever age they want, and that they can wait as long as they want to, and there's no consequence. And it's very similar to a lot of other topics like this, where you don't think it's going to be you. You don't think you're the person that is going to struggle, even though there is now a majority that struggles after a certain point, typically after a certain age. And you think everything's going to be fine because we're projecting into the future. So this is not a conversation to scare you, to make you feel bad, to make you want kids, not want kids. I don't care if you've got kids. I don't care if you want kids. Only you should really care. But I care about you and I care about women in general and the narrative that we're sold and the lack of awareness and conversations that are being had on this topic and the pain and turmoil and struggle that it is causing for women everywhere and couples everywhere, quite honestly. I'm over it. I'm pissed off about it. So we're going to talk about it. And this is 100% your decision. Obviously you and your partner are going to have this conversation if you do have a partner at this point, but it's not your parents' decision. It's not your sibling's decision. It's not your grandparents' decision. It's your decision, whether you want kids or not. And just as any other important life decision, we want to think about it really critically. And if it's important to us, we want to plan for it accordingly. We don't want to just let it happen. If something's really important to you, you make sure you're going out of your way to get it. And if having kids is really important to you, whether you want them now or in the future, this is a conversation we need to be having. So I want to start off this episode by sharing some very interesting and honestly quite alarming research that has been changing the way that I feel about having kids as well. And I'm in my mid twenties. I'm 26 years old. I'm nowhere near starting to have kids. Like I'm not trying to get pregnant right now. Um, I actually got out of a long-term relationship. If you listened to the podcast earlier this year, so your girl's not ready, but personally I want kids. I want a big family. I probably want about three kids. I've come from a big family. I love family. I love children. I know my biggest purpose in life is, is to be a mother and to raise as incredible humans as I can possibly raise and create with whoever my partner is. Um, And so this is a conversation I have with myself often because I'm very aware that I'm in my fertile years, that I am at my most fertile right now in my life, but I'm not yet ready to have children. So I'm right there with you if you're having this conversation and you don't really know what the future holds for you, but you know that you do want children. Or maybe you're on the fence and you're thinking, do I want kids? Do I not? I got to figure this out. No matter where you are on that spectrum, we want to be having this conversation sooner rather than later because the worst place you can be, and I'll get into some research in a second, is where you've waited too long, you did not have the conversation, 
and you've passed your window or now you realize, oh my God, I do want to have children. Okay, let's start going. And honestly, it's too late. That is a devastating place to be. And every single woman that I talk to and that I work with who is typically in their mid to late thirties or even early forties and they're struggling, they say, oh my God, what I would have done to have had someone have this conversation with me earlier, to have thought about this earlier in my life, to not have just waited and thought, oh yeah, it's gonna happen for me whenever I want to. So really this is just in service of us having what we want and making sure that we're preparing accordingly for what we want. Because like I said, anything important you have to prepare for. So some alarming research that again has changed the way that I'm viewing this whole kids thing, when you're gonna get pregnant, if you're gonna get pregnant, when you wanna have babies, is that currently over half of women are childless at 30. And this is, I think, in in more developed countries. I think this is actually just in in North America that, that they're doing this research. Could be wrong, but whatever. You'll get the gist of it. For the first time ever, over half of women at 30 are childless. Again, if you want to be childless, no big deal, right? We know now that women are focusing on their careers. They're earning more money. They're going back to school. They're doing all these amazing things. They're becoming entrepreneurs, CEOs, girl boss. We love that. I myself am an entrepreneur. Of course I love that. But now we also know that eight of 10 women who are childless at the end of their fertile years did not want to be childless. It is involuntary childlessness. And they are forming support groups of grieving the loss of a family that they never had. It is horrible. It is devastating to put yourself in those shoes. Maybe you even are somebody who is going through that right now. But for example, myself, or if you're listening and you aren't in that place, to imagine that you've wanted a family and a family is not possible for you is devastating, is absolutely heartbreaking. And to know that this is happening for 80% of the women who are at the end of their fertile years and do not have children That's a problem. That is a huge problem. And I don't know why we're not talking about this. I don't know why people aren't singing this from the rooftops. I've only heard it a handful of times. And in my opinion, this is just the beginning. If we continue down this trajectory and down this path, and we're not realizing that this is a problem and that this is happening, it's only going to get worse over time. And I'm not okay with that. I am not okay with that. I'm not interested in being one of those eight of 10 women. I'm not interested in you being one of those eight of 10 women. So just as everything else that is alarming and scary, but also important, we have to talk about it. So let's have this conversation. When do you want kids? Do you want kids? How important is it to you to have children? And if you are in your fertile years right now, how can we also check in on your fertility so that if you do want to wait, you have the luxury of waiting? That's another really important piece of this that I think often gets missed. And we're going to talk about that in this episode. Don't worry, we're not just going to have this random conversation and then do nothing about it. We're going to have the conversation together. I'm going to probe you, ask questions, have you you know, reflect on this with yourself, with your partner, whoever, and then move forward with options that are usually free and covered. Again, if you're in North America, especially if you're in Canada or if you've got health insurance, these things you can do. You can check in on your fertility. You can see, okay, if I'm 26 years old and I don't want to have kids till I'm 35, can I take a look? Can I get a snapshot of of my fertility? And does it look like I, I actually have the luxury of waiting or do I not have the luxury of waiting and now I need to reconsider? So again, 
all for empowerment, all for us making the best decision possible moving forward because we do not want to be one of those eight of 10 women. If you are, my heart goes out to you more than I can explain. And if you are not, if you're not in that place and you do want children, but maybe you don't want children right now, let's talk. Okay. Let's just have this conversation. Let's make ourselves better for it. Let's make ourselves, you know what? Just knowledge, knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Let's not look away because it's scary. Let's not freak out and say, I'm just going to think about that later. I'm going to think about that later. Think about future you, future you would want current you to have this conversation. Okay. Question number one, do you want children? Yes. No, maybe. Where do you fall on that spectrum? For me, shadow, no shadow of a doubt. Is that, is that the way it goes? No shadow of a doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I want babies. <laughs> no doubt. I want to be a mama. I want a lot of little babies running around. I don't mind having children uh, later in my thirties. However, probably want to start late twenties, early thirties. That that's my ideal. Again, that is my priority in the sense that it is a non-negotiable for me to try to have children. So when I think about having kids, I would rather start earlier to make sure that it happens than wait later and run the risk that it doesn't. I'm open to adoption. I'm open to other forms of getting pregnant and of having children. However, I would like to do everything in my personal power to avoid IVF, to avoid assisted pregnancies if possible. I would like to get pregnant on my own terms, on my own time, naturally with me and my partner. That is a question that you have to ask yourself. Do you want to get, do you want kids? Do you want to get pregnant? If so, how many children? Because I know it's not fun and you just kind of want to do it whenever. And you want to just think, oh yeah, we'll just, we'll pull the goalie and let it happen and it'll be great. But realistically, you do want to think about how many children you want. So for example, in my position, I probably want about three children, give or take. I don't know. Ask me when I've had two babies. Maybe I'll, I'll want to stop it too. I don't know. But me right now would want roughly three children. Do I want them close together? Do I want them far apart? Even if I wanted them closer together, say they're roughly two, three years apart, three kids, three years apart would be first kid, three years, second kid, three years, third kid. That's six years, right? So you also need to be thinking about it from that lens. Or maybe you want them all two years apart. First kid, two years later, second kid, two years later, second kid, four years, right? So that again is something for you to think about and consider because again, I know it's not fun. I know it's, it's, it feels forced, but if it is really important to you, you do have to think about that timeline and you need to think about what that would mean and what that would look like for our fertility in general. And I think it is no surprise and that everybody knows more or less that your fertility declines as you age, right? We have, typically our most fertile years in our twenties. And then we see a decline when we reach age 30, we see an even greater decline when we reach age 35, 40 and beyond. So this is just something we want to be considering. If you want to get pregnant in your twenties, great, super duper. The earlier you can start, typically the more fertile you are and the higher likelihood of conception and of a healthy pregnancy, which is amazing. But say you are 28 years old, and you say, yep, I definitely want kids, but I don't want to start trying until I'm 35, for example. I want to focus on my career. I want to make money. I want to find a husband. I want to do all these things. I want to travel. Amazing. Have your kids on your own timeline. But we can't assume that you seven years from now are going to be just as fertile as you today. And this is where the problem is, is we're getting 
sold the narrative that the fertility just kind of continues and that you can just do IVF or you can just freeze your eggs if you're not getting pregnant naturally. Those are not a good plan B. Yes, they are amazing. And I can't stress enough how incredible I think they are, but it's not that that is a 100% fallback. Like that is not a something that you can say, okay, no worries. If I can't get pregnant naturally, IVF will get me. It's all good. That's not the way that it works. It's a tool, 100%. And for a lot of women and families and couples, it is successful and that's great. But I just don't want you to be operating under the illusion that no worries if I feel like I wait too long to get pregnant naturally, I'll just get pregnant through assistance. That just seems to be the narrative that that we're taught and we're sold. And again, in my practice, working with all these women, that is not what happens. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but someone's got to tell you. Someone's got to tell you. And if that has to be me, then that's okay. So Number one, do you want children? Number two, when do you want children? Do you want children soon? Do you want children later? If you want it later, how can we make sure that you can afford to wait? And that is the uncomfortable nature of this conversation. The hypothetical question of, do you want kids is kind of fun, right? You're, you're playing with it. You're like, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, probably, but not right now. Or yes, and I want to start trying tomorrow, wherever you are on that spectrum. Where things start to get a little dicey is when we start talking about the timeline. We start talking about this timeline of when, when is this going to happen? And if you are pushing your timeline saying mid to late thirties, this raises an eyebrow, right? Again, because if the kids are really important to you, then we need to make sure that you have the luxury of being able to wait or that you're doing everything you can to set yourself up for success, to check in on where you're at. And this isn't to scare you again, or to tell you, oh yeah, your dream won't come true. If you're going to try to have kids in your late thirties, you're doomed. That's not what I'm talking about. A lot of people have kids in their mid to late thirties. However, a lot of people struggle and don't end up having children in their mid to late thirties. And they wish they thought about this and had this conversation and checked in on their fertility earlier. So if you do want to wait and say you want to wait until mid to late thirties, let's just use this kind of as like a blanket overall, even though I think everyone should get their fertility checked just because it's good to know. Then we want to make sure you're running some tests, girl. Let's check in on those ovaries. Let's check in on those hormones. Let's check in on that overall fertility status. Honestly, I'm doing this, even though I do want to have kids in the next, I don't know, maybe like five years or so. I'm still doing this because I want to know where is my fertility at? What is my current standing of the quality of my eggs, the amount of good quality eggs I have left, my overall hormones and fertility, where is that at? And is there anything that I should be working on or paying attention to or considering moving forward? So I will detail in the show notes some things that you can do, but essentially what we do is we look at some hormones. We look at estrogen. We look at follicle stimulating hormone. We look at progesterone. We look at luteinizing hormone. We look at essentially all the hormones that govern your cycle because we just want to get a good picture of what is your cycle? What is your overall fertility? It's also great for you to track your cycle. Are you ovulating? Do you get a period every 24 to 36 days? We want to be able to check those boxes because those are non-negotiables typically for having a super easy pregnancy. We want your cycle to be 24 to 36 days. So period to period, we don't want you missing ovulations. If you have something like PCOS or you've got super long cycles or super short cycles, or you've got difficult cycles and you miss periods, you only get a couple periods a year. 
These are things we want to be looking into well in advance. If you're on hormonal birth control, this is something to consider as well because we can't get a good quality picture of your fertility until we're off hormonal birth control. We can't run these hormones until we're off hormonal birth control because if you've listened to previous episodes, then you'll know that hormonal birth control stops you from ovulating. That's why it works so well. But that also means that we can't get a picture of your quality of ovulation just yet. So that's also something to consider. If you're on hormonal birth control, another narrative that drives me bonkers is just come off birth control when you're ready to get pregnant. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> we need to consider the timeline. We need to, we just need to have a way, way, way better conversation around, around when you're going to get pregnant and how important it is to you than just saying, oh yeah, come off birth control at 39 and you're going to get pregnant. No stress girl. If again, this is very important to you, you may want to consider coming off birth control one to two years, at least before you want to get pregnant, especially if you've been on birth control all your life and you don't even know what your cycles are like, you, we would rather get to the bottom and take a look and check those metaphorical boxes of fertility, of health, of overall status of your hormones and of your egg qualities and all this, this kind of stuff before we move into this journey. Because if you come off birth control, yes, a lot of people get pregnant first try. Love that for them. A lot of women and menstruators get pregnant within the first year. Again, love that for them. I hope that is you. I hope, 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 hope it is that easy. But a lot of people struggle and they take multiple years post birth control. And if we come off at a certain time in our fertile years and it's three more years after that, that's something we have to consider. Just the, the underpinning of this entire episode is we have to be thinking about this critically. We have to be considering all of these lenses and we can't just pretend that it's going to be perfect and it's going to be effortless and it's going to be easy. I hope it's easy. I hope it's perfect. I hope it's effortless. Let's hope for the best, but we also need to prepare for potentially some struggle and potentially it taking a little bit longer than anticipated because I'd rather you be prepared for that than be slapped sideways with the struggle and then be in turmoil and be depressed and be struggling for months or years because we weren't thinking about it ahead of time. So consider coming off hormonal birth control before you want to get pregnant, well before to make sure you regulate your cycle, you optimize your fertility, all that stuff. It's good to check in on that just whenever we can. So we want to take a look at some hormones. We also are going to do a couple other things. You're going to do your AMH, which is your anti-malarian hormone. Essentially, this gives us another picture of your overall fertility, of your overall status of fertility. And then we also want to do an antral follicle count. This is essentially telling us a, an overall follicle count within your ovaries. And again, is another picture um, or additional marker of overall fertility. So we love all this. We love all these together. Hormones, antral follicle follicle count and AMH. All of these together are very important. Give you an overall good picture of your fertility. I recommend getting this as soon as you can. I'm talking to my doctor right now about getting this. Something that is difficult is that depending on where you live, depending on your doctor, depending on your healthcare provider, they may not do these tests for you unless you have been trying to get pregnant or have been trying to get pregnant for over a year with no success. So this is a conversation to have. I wish it was something that we could do all, we, we could all do effortlessly and just get proactively done. I think it should be, but I understand healthcare, limited resources, they can't do everything for everybody all the time. So this is a conversation you have to have with your provider. Sometimes you do need to work the system 
and you do need to talk about it. And maybe you need to say that you're trying to get pregnant in order for them to run it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to say anything about that. But have a conversation with your medical provider, have a conversation with your practitioner and say, hey, this is really important to me. I want to check in on my fertility status. I want to have kids around this point and I want to make sure that I am very actively fertile so that I have the uh, ability to wait. That that is maybe a conversation you have or I'm actually trying to get pregnant. I want to get this done ASAP to make sure that I am going to get pregnant uh, or that I do have, again, the ability to not struggle when it comes to the fertility side of things. So again, just all in the sense of knowledge is power. We want you to be prepared. We want you to know because say, so for example, I will use myself in this situation. Say I get my hormones done, my antral follicle count and my um, AMH level done. And I'm not in a great standing fertility wise. That would suck. That would blow. I would probably cry about that a lot. I would probably need to have multiple therapy sessions about that. But that would also influence my decision moving forward. If maybe I wanted to wait until 32 to start having kids, maybe I need to push that a little bit earlier. Because again, for me, myself and I, having children is paramount. It is it is a huge priority for me. Having biologically my children is also a huge priority. Not that I wouldn't consider other options, but I would like to do everything I can to have children that are biologically mine. So that makes me think about things a little bit differently. That that kind of wakes me up to the fact and the reality that maybe I don't have the, the luxury to wait. And I would rather have children slightly earlier than run the risk of not having them biologically at all. And again, second, very awkward, difficult, uncomfortable question to have with, or to ask yourself, what's more important to me? Having children on my own timeline when I feel ready or having children potentially a little bit more early to give myself a better chance of having them. Difficult question, not even a question that you can answer first try, right? I, I'm going to have to see my results and think about it and talk about it a lot and consider a lot of things. But it at the very least is a conversation that we have to have with ourselves, with again, our partners, with our family members, with our therapists, like we have to talk about this. So, so far we've talked about when do you want, or do you want to have kids? Yes or no? Maybe. If so, and and how are you going to figure that out? Because that's a good question to ask yourself. Also, how old are you? Realistically, you do have to ask yourself, okay, am I 22 having this conversation? Am I 37 having this conversation? Am I 45 having this conversation? Very, very, very different, right? So number one, do I want kids? If so, question number two, when do I want them? Okay, do I want them in the near future? Do I want them right now? Do I want them in the distant future? If it is in the distant future, and I'm, or if, if it is something that I'm not totally sure about, would be a great idea to talk to your doctor and get the testing done that I was talking about. We'll also put it in the show notes below. Number three, how important is it to me? How will my fertility results influence my decision? Again, you don't have to get your results done right away, but this is just something that we want to have at the top of your mind and not have this whole stance that ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is not bliss in this situation. Every single person that is weighted and has not considered this and then has been trying and is not successful or is going through a lot of struggle, even if they are successful at the end, which again, I hope all of us are, it is something that they would tell you to have now. And I've been told 
literally to my face by a client saying, Vanessa, you are so lucky you are 26 years old. You better be focusing on this right now because if I could go back to my 26 year old self, I wish what I would not give to be having this conversation with her. I don't take that lightly and I don't want you to take that lightly either. Let's have these conversations. No matter where you're at, you don't have to be 26 to have this conversation. But whether you're in the beginning or near the end of your fertile years or somewhere in between, talk to yourself about this. Don't look away because it's uncomfortable. So do I want kids? When do I want them? How important is it to me? And then a question I ask myself, just like I told you, what is more important to me? Potentially having children on my own timeline, which means a little bit later, which means that I may run the risk that I cannot and do not have them that are in in a way that's biologically mine or having the discomfort. So both are uncomfortable, right? The the discomfort of having, of not having them at all when they're not biological or not, not being able to have them when they're biologically yours. So in, in the sense that we would explore options like adoption, even if IVF and egg freezing and all that stuff didn't work, right? I'm more so saying like the extreme end. Also having to ask yourself, do I want to go through IVF? Do I want to go through egg freezing? Are these things that I want for myself? Yes or no questions to ask. Or do you want the discomfort of potentially having children earlier than maybe you feel quote unquote ready to have a better chance of having them be biologically yours? Questions, questions, food for thought, food for the soul, food for you and your partner to munch on. Very, very, very important. Again, super uncomfortable, super weird. I don't like asking these questions. I don't know the answer to these questions yet, but I enjoy having them at least be top of mind because ignorance is not bliss. Like we're talking about my friends, ignorance is not bliss. I would rather be, I'd rather have you be in the driver's seat. I would rather me be in the driver's seat. Cannot stress that enough. So do you want kids? If so, when, and how important is it to you? And which discomfort would you prefer to have? Also, we need to have the conversation that IVF egg freezing, things like that. They're not glamorous. IUI, IVF, all of these assisted um, technologies and, and protocols and pregnancies, though, again, they are amazing and I love that they exist. They're not a walk in the park. Anybody going through IVF will tell you the hormone injections, the process is not easy and you wouldn't want to be sold the narrative that it is easy, that it's just, oh yeah, it's no big deal. It's a big deal. It is an uncomfortable thing. And it's probably not what you think it is if you haven't done research to understand what IUI looks like, what IVF looks like, what egg freezing looks like. Also how expensive it is, that it is literally tens of thousands of dollars, depending on where you live, depending on your coverage, of course. Again, some companies are also, and healthcare um, providers are covering like first round of IVF or egg freezing, which is amazing. I love that. But don't think it's a glamorous walk in the park because anybody going through these protocols will tell you it's really tough and it is very emotional and it's very stressful and it's not easy. It's not easy on you, your partner, your body. It is, it is just not a walk in the park. So this is just to help us wake up to the fact that a lot of people are struggling. Like I said, eight of 10 women that get to the end of their, their fertile years and they are childless did not want to be childless. Let's not have that be us. Okay. Let's get ahead of this curve. Let's have this conversation with ourselves, with our friends, with our parents, with our partners, and not shy away from it. 
because it is a really important conversation. All of these things are important to ask. And like I said, I know that they're awkward and I know that they're weird and I know that they're, we're like, eh, it's fine. Everything will work out. Everything's all good. But I don't know about you. I would so much rather have the discomfort of having these conversations now and setting myself up than not having them and be struggling for years. Mm-mm-mm. No, we do not want to put ourselves in that struggle bus. No, thank you. And talking to dozens of women in that position and even just people in my life that I know are struggling, they would not wish this on their younger self. They would not wish this on their worst enemy. So let's take advantage of the fact that if you're listening to this and you are in your younger fertile years, you do have that luxury because you do not know what someone would give in their late thirties, early forties who wish wishes they had this luxury and wishes they could have this conversation with their 29 or 26 year old self. So I am always here for you to have this conversation, to open up and talk about it. Like I said, I'm very candid. I'm having this conversation with myself, with the age I'm at, with where I'm at in my life. And if you want to have that conversation with me, if you just want to talk to somebody who is also thinking about it, my DMs are always open. My email is always open. I always link in the show notes how we can chat and how you can get in touch with me, how we can just connect. Usually social media is the best, but send me a voice note, send me a message, send me an email. Let's talk about this because you are not alone on this fertility journey and on this journey of wondering if and when you want children. You are not alone. We're all thinking about it, or at least we all should be thinking about it. And if you do want to start going down the route of getting these some of these tests done, exploring your fertility, then I've linked that in the show notes. I have, of course, there are other things that you're going to want to get done. Again, talk to your provider. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm a nutritionist, but I'm not your nutritionist. I'm not your practitioner. So make sure that you're talking to your trusted provider about this. And hopefully they will be supporting you in whichever way necessary to check in on your fertility, to optimize your fertility status. And that is also something that we can do one-on-one together. If you do say, run these tests, or maybe you're trying to get pregnant and things aren't working, or you want to explore this together with someone one-on-one. That is what I'm here for. That's what I do in my practice with my one-on-one clients. So in the show notes below, I also always link how you can book a free discovery call with me just to discuss this in detail. The last thing I will also link that I find was unbelievably helpful is a podcast episode with Dr. Andrew Huberman and Dr. Sarah Gottfried. She is like the best when it comes to women's health, fertility, hormones, Oh my God, she is unbelievable. And they have a long ass episode on the Huberman Lab podcast. Hop on that if you aren't listening to the Huberman Lab. Not only is he so sexy, his content is amazing. <laughs> Honestly, I think all every woman in the health and wellness world is obsessed with Andrew Huberman. And we should be. He's perfect. Uh, they have an amazing conversation. And she talks about this fertility status. So does he. They talk about that your fertility is not a panacea. IVF is not a panacea. We do need to be thinking about and having these questions. And they talk about declining fertility rates and all of this stuff. And yes, it takes two to tango. Like the woman or the menstruator can optimize their fertility. We also still need our male counterpart to do that. But it is so important that we are not only, of course, checking in on sperm status and fertility and male fertility, but especially female fertility. So it takes two to tango. They discuss that as well. But they really get into it in an in-depth conversation about it and hearing two absolute experts dive into it together is really helpful. So I'll link that episode in the show notes below. Again, if you have questions, I'm here, but I hope that this conversation was helpful for you. I hope that it asked you some questions that maybe you haven't been thinking about before. And 
I hope that it has just gotten you excited to go down this path and be on this journey, not fearful of it. And I really do hope you're going to be proactive. I know it's hard. I know it's uncomfortable, but it's something that needs to be done. We're on this journey together, girls. So let's do this together. Let's not shy away from this difficult conversation. Thank you so much for listening to the Root and Remedy podcast. If you like this episode and you find our information helpful, then it would mean the world to us if you would leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that's Spotify, Apple, Google, or somewhere else, just click that rating and review button and leave five stars. That allows us to continue to bring you great guests, free information in the women's health field, and get this podcast out to more people who need it. And of course, if you want to explore any of our courses, our one-on-one services, or any other resources, we have, you can find everything at rootandremedywellness.com.